was just kind of these perfect personas, but they were inhabited so well by the actors and by the writers that they felt completely real, like completely realized. And the whole show was lightning in a bottle. They could do so much with that show. We are joined with Kendara Blake, author of One Girl in All the World. This is a whole new generation for fans of the cult classic TV series Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And Kendara, I really appreciate it. This is such a resonant series. How did Buffy the Vampire Slayer, how did it touch you? How did it impact your life? Uh, Very deeply. (laughs) Just like to get that out of the way. Also, hi, thank you for having me on. I've been a fan of Buffy from, like, the womb, it feels like. Uh, I watched the show when it was originally on back in the days when we had, like, TV Guide and had to actually sit in front of our TV at a designated time. No DVR, no anything. Um, So, yeah, it's safe to say it was my first real obsession. Well, and, and you know, God, we're, we're getting really nostalgic about the 90s, but the, the show ran originally from 97 to 2003, and you're absolutely right. If you really were a fan, if you really cared about a show, you had to actually commit to it. You had to change your entire life schedule around when that show was airing. Right? Those were the days. Like, gather around, children, because none of you understand what it was like to be a fan back then. <laughs> we had to hang out every Tuesday night at 8, 7 Central from, like, September to May, and then we had to suffer through reruns all summer long before our shows would come back every fall. Well, and there's something about this show that is more than just resonant to kids of the 90s, because just looking at TikTok right now, hashtag Buffy has about 400 million views on a social media service that's really dedicated to a whole new generation. What do you think is is the cross-generational appeal of the story of Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Oh, yeah. That is what I love about it and what I'm very grateful for. Buffy has never really gone away. She's been off the air now for how many years, and it doesn't matter. She's never far from the cultural conversation. I mean, the themes of this show are perennial. It's a young girl, a cheerleader type named Buffy, who becomes one of the greatest superheroes in the world. Like, she just is tiny and kicks steam and ass, and it's, it's great. Well, and it's a concept that sounds ridiculous, but what do you what do you think it is? What is the draw to Buffy for fans and uh, and cult fans alike? I think it's just okay. There are so many elements about the show that have come together to create a perfect thing. You've got like the group of friends that are like these different archetypes from stereotypical high schools, right? And when I was watching it when I was younger, I always used to wish like, oh my gosh, look at them. I wish I had a friend group like that. You know, you've got, like, the nerdy girl, and you've got the prom queen, and you've got the funny guy, and, you know, the difficult, broody boyfriend type. It was just kind of these perfect personas, but they were inhabited so well by the actors and by the writers uh, that they felt completely real, like, completely realized. And the whole show was lightning in a bottle. They could do so much with that show from extremely serious episodes like The Body, where Buffy's mother passes away, to almost total slapstick episodes like Double Meat Palace, where she's stuck working at a terrible fast food restaurant. So, so nimble. I really admire the show. Well, there's been a lot of shows that have been set in the high school setting, and they're either done in- incredibly well or they just fall apart. And part of it is how you tackle the cliches of the high school setting and yet keep it relatable. There are some uh, movies like Heather's or Mean Girls that really just seem to nail that. And-, and Buffy does seem to be one of the few TV shows that really understood the relationships. Right. 
it took a high school where kids are getting eaten on the daily by demons and vampires (laughs) and other unrealistic, you know, fantastical things. And it made it so relatable and so grounded that any of us felt like we could go to Sunnydale High. Like, it took the demons and made them into real-life monsters. Uh, I remember the one, the episode in, I think it was season one, where the girl who had no friends and was constantly kind of looked over physically, literally turns invisible. Like, who can't, who can't relate to that sometimes mm-hmm. going to school? Well, Kendara, you have given fans of Buffy a chance to go back to New Sunnydale with one girl in all the world. And, and I'm wondering, can you tell us a little bit about this new character you have filling Buffy's shoes, Frankie Rosenberg? Who is she? Yes, Frankie, you can tell by the last name, Frankie Rosenberg is the daughter of Willow Rosenberg, our favorite witch. And she does have some really big shoes to fill. So we find Frankie. She's 16. She's just living her life. She's, like, learning witchcraft very slowly from her mom. Um, And then suddenly she's called to be the next Slayer after there's an attack on the annual Slayers meeting and Buffy and the rest of the Slayers are presumed dead. It's like a terrible thing to start a book with, um, especially for the Buffy fandom. I'm like, what are you guys doing? You're setting this girl up to be hated. But Frankie is very understandable right from that outset, because immediately you see that she's trying to be a slayer in the shadow of her Aunt Buffy, who is the greatest slayer of all time. And she's also trying to be a witch from the shadow of her mom, who's the greatest witch of all time. So as a writer, that gave me a lot to work off of when I was figuring out who Frankie was going to be as a person. And as it turns out, she's incredibly goofy. She's incredibly sweet. And she's such a different witch and such a different slayer from her mom and Buffy that she's completely her own person. And I've loved getting to work with her. Well, in, in, in terms of, you know, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, this is probably a compliment you get a lot, but you are very much like Buffy because you have a wide assortment of tools that really makes you one of the best to tackle this subject. You've covered in previous books that you've written. You've written mythology, fantasy, horror, and all of that's really coming together for this series because it is a mix and a blend of so many different things that people enjoy, and it really does... It really comes through in the writing, and this is only the first book so far. Yeah, so yeah, the first book is in every generation, and the second book just released on Tuesday. And thank you for saying that, although I feel like I should say that I I think that's backwards, because I think it was actually me watching Buffy when I was a kid that brought allowed me to bring so many different things to my own fiction, and now it was time for me to like shove all that aside and forget everything and just write something that was distinctly Buffyverse. Well, and just expanding off of that, do you feel that, I mean, Buffy is really, it defies categorization. There is no real category. It is its own genre. Do you think we maybe become a little too obsessive in society of trying to label and categorize every show or every idea? I think maybe, and I think different people will have different categories for it in their heads. I was just watching it on Hulu the other day, and I think it was categorized as a horror comedy, which is accurate, but it's also so many different things. Um, and anything that, you know, any media that's really good is going to not only be one thing. It's going to be a lot of different things. It's going to have dramatic moments. It's going to have humorous moments, romantic moments. But I understand the need as a human being to have to organize things in a way that it's going to work like, you know, bookstores have shelves. We have to know where to put things so customers can easily find them. So I get it, even though it's never going to encapsulate the whole thing. 
Well, Kendara, I think what we've seen in the last couple of years, especially since the pandemic, is that nostalgia is probably the number one thing that uh, consumers of content are looking for. And this is hitting all the right chords. So I'm wondering, and maybe you can't tell me or our listeners, but uh, has Netflix or any other large streamer been wondering about a TV adaptation? Ah, you know, well, the rights of Buffy are owned now by Disney. So Disney produces a lot of content. So there's always a chance. I mean, if there have been conversations, I have not been privy to them. I don't own the rights to Buffy, clearly, I wish. And I don't own the rights to, like, these books. So if they were ever to be adapted, um, I would just be involved from the novel writing standpoint. No further. But do I think it would be cool? Yes. Do I think the fandom would be here for it? Yes, just speaking as a member of the fandom myself. Well, I hope Bob Iger is listening right now because this would be a huge (laughs) opportunity to pass over one girl... In All the World, the new book from Kendara Blake. Kendara, where can people find out more about you and the book online? Uh, well, if people are interested in checking out the book, they can go to their favorite local retailer or their favorite online retailer. Um, it's also available in Barnes & Nobles nationwide. And if you want to learn more about me or talk with me about Buffy, because I clearly love to do that, I am on Instagram at Kendara Blake, and I'm also on Twitter. Kendara, final question for you. If you had one supernatural ability, what would it be? Oh, I think the witch powers in Buffy. Like, that seems to be like a lot of different superpowers put into one. So it's economical. That was a smart decision. Kendara Blake, thank you so much for joining us and have a wonderful rest of the week. Thank you. You too. One Girl in All the World. You can find the book online at uh, DisneyBooks.com or wherever you find books from your favorite independent bookstore. The following interview was originally recorded February 1st, 2023.